Hello there. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening. I am Miles B. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. And uh, this is, there's a bunch of numbers at the top of this. Episode 443.3723. I think that's the date. But that's the date. That's the date. <laughs> and actually, these episode numbers, I find them so arbitrary because we did 100 episodes that were like sci-fi conversations that aren't even included in that number. And then we did like sci-fi rewinds and then we did um, sci-fi flashback. So we're probably well up over 600, 700 episodes. That's my guess. Woo-hoo. That's, that's accomplishment. That's the, did you say that's punishment? I, I agree with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I guess that, that that is an accomplishment, which is what you really said. But Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but here we are. I, how, how are you guys doing? How's everything been? Uh, it's you know it's been great. You know we'll, we'll talk about what we're you know enjoying and, and the t- our two topics tonight. But, right. Uh, sci-fi world's been going really good. Right. Right. And uh, Miles, you're in a new home. Uh, mostly. mostly <laughs> you're mostly there. You're one foot in the door at least. Yes, I have most of my stuff. In my new place now, I uh, just have to just to do a little more cleaning out the old place. And Lord willing, um, and the fates allow, uh, I can lift my parents' old house and, you know, finally move on and move forward from here. Right, right, right. Very good. Very so good. Bittersweet. It's a bit, I mean, this, uh, this home has been in my parents' family for 45 years. And so I'll be sad to see it go, but it's what must be. Right, right. Right, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and Dave, everything. Uh, how's everything at your household? Yeah, been better. We had to uh, we had to put our dog down this past weekend. Uh, always so. a sad day at the diner. Yeah, was tough. He yeah, he was he wasn't doing well at all for a little while, and it just kept it got really bad on Saturday morning, and it was time. Right, it was time. How was fourteen? Is, how is your daughter handling it? She has her moments. She she was it was pretty rough that Saturday night and Sunday, but eh, she'll hit a she'll hit a moment every now and then. But the tears have pretty well stopped overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be getting bugged for another one. Yeah, I learned how to I have to learn how to say no in more languages than the three that I know. Right, right, right. Well, you know that's not that's not going to work. So if you say no in Klingon, you know, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the it's case of a case of families and dogs, when you're the odd one out, no, just is a simple way of saying yes, dear. <laughs> Not in this household. Not in this, ooh, rules <laughs> no. with a Klingon fist. 
<laughs> or Dave, when you, when you tell us about your, the, the new the new addition to the family, yes, we will be. Uh, <laughs> we will um, expect it in about two months. There will be a new face in the family, <sighs> and um, either that or you will have moved into the garage. One of the two. Yeah, that's where all my toys are, so why not? <laughs> that or the new shed. Do you have that new shed up yet? Oh, I did. Yeah, I got that in the uh, two weeks ago. Okay, good, good. Yeah, finally. Good. How did, chilly out did, there right did, now. Did, but... did, did you fill it up? Oh, yeah, that day. You <laughs> <laughs> know the shed, dear. Come on, give me another shed. Couldn't, couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. All right, well, let's run into our uh, – the, the girls are not with us tonight, and um, we are missing them eventually. Chrissy's still a shelter, um, dealing with work and life stuff. So uh, we will be happy to have them back. Hopefully, a shelter should soon be over, I would imagine. April, maybe? Okay. Maybe. So, it keeps but, staying warmer. Yeah, but, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But anyways, let's get into our sci-fi world. And Dave, let's hear from you. What is uh, what, what's been going on sci-fi-wise in your uh, world? Well, I have gotten back into Star Trek Online again, so I've been hitting that pretty heavy on the weekends and sitting and rewatching. Started, I popped in a few episodes of Voyager now, and I started watching that again for some reason. Um, but Really, it has been Picard and now Mandalorian, and Thursdays can never come soon enough for me. Wednesdays, it, it's Wednesdays. Wednesdays now too with Mando, yeah. but it, it's 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 been a great great trip here. So these last three weeks, can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Are you are you reading anything uh, sci fi related? Uh no, not right now. I mean, besides right the state of the economy, which is kind of sci-fi in and of itself, but it's more dystopian and yeah, dystopian, Orwellian. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. No. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, nothing beyond my normal. A lot of double speak Orwellian type of world. Yeah, got it. So it's kind of science fiction. That's correct. That's right. That's correct. That's right. Miles, how about you? What's going on in your science fiction world? So, uh, in waiting for card and for uh, Mandalorian to come out. I was watching some Outer Limits episodes on the Roku app. Um, I don't know if you guys are watching Outer Limits. Uh, it's been a while. I, I saw some. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a, it may it looks a little dated because it was filmed back in the nineties, but it's a who's who of a lot of sci-fi actors we know and love, and I think the stories still hold up. Um, of course, I'm watching uh, Star Trek Picard on Paramount Mandalorian. Uh, Quantum Leap. I just watched uh, an episode. Uh, Brandon Routh was a guest star on that one. Uh, watching The Ark. Really enjoying that. La Brea. I finished reading um, The Mammoth Book of Time Travel. It's basically a book of several short stories, several short time travel stories uh, by Mike Ashley. Uh, now I'm currently reading a, a Star Trek novel, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The High Country by John Jackson Miller. Uh, we actually interviewed John Jackson Miller a couple of years ago when we were doing our Star Trek pilots uh, review. Cool. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's my sci-fi world. Good. Good. Well, uh, in my sci-fi world, uh, obviously Mandalorian and Picard are there in the forefront of what I am watching. 
um, began reading the prequel to the Priory of the Orange Tree. I don't, I, I totally forget the name of the book, but it's the prequel to it uh, that just came out. Um, and a fantasy book um, with a real strong female protagonist. I really enjoyed the Priory of the Orange Tree, so I got this one, and I forgot how deep and complex this world is. So it takes you a little bit to get it into it. But anyways, so that's um, Priory of the Orange Tree, the uh, prequel to it. So I'm reading that. Uh, rewatched Tropic Thunder uh, yes. with friends. <laughs> yeah, with the, uh, the fun, irreverent story that is. And then uh, watched the three Matrix movies and Top Gun Maverick again which I don't regret yes. doing. It was uh, good the first time yes. and good the second time. So, um, yeah. So other than that, uh, that's pretty much my sci-fi world. Oh, I'm uh, I'm working. This is kind of sci-fi related. I'm working with a student, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin uh, who's a student of senior this year, and I'm working with her as she's writing a novella. And it is a realistic fantasy novella in which there is a um it's not time travel it's a girl that uh so can i, can I tell you guys the premise of it it's a little take five minutes yeah okay yeah, so so yeah so this is the story's unnamed but if you guys are listening and this sounds like an interesting premise and you want to find out more like we can pick up a copy of it i'll let you know in a few months um, and just let me know in the comments that you'd be interested in hearing more about it and supporting this girl as she kind of starts her writing career, I guess. Um, so she's written stuff before, and I had her as a student last year, both in creative writing and then as a in a, in a world literature class I was teaching. And she, I said, you know, why don't you take a, a world uh, creative writing too? And an, I've offered it a few times of students that are exceptional writers that want to like try pushing themselves out in the writing thing. And so this was her. Um, and she pitched me the idea at the beginning of the semester that she had of a, of, um, a girl, uh, that was growing up during the women's suffrage movement during the early 1900s. Um, and, uh, I won't tell you the whole story, but anyway, she gets murdered like at the, like 1919. Uh, and then she comes back 40 weeks later in the body in she's she's reborn in, in the body of a of a boy and but she has all her memories intact um including the including being murdered right um and then has nightmares about it and she's also you know now in the body of a a boy and kind of wrestling with that um and so the premise of it is there's a reason that she was killed um, and there is a demon that's kind of behind everything. And you don't know that when you start out the story. So you're kind of the, uh, she's making the audience kind of work for their bread a little bit. Right. And so the second character gets killed in like world war two, then comes back again in the body of, of a black man that she was born at. So she has, she, she deals with like the civil rights era a little bit. Um, and then is reborn two more times before uh, she figures she, she figures it out is able to put two in, and is able to stop it and then live a full life because she gets killed every time or the, this person gets killed every time around twenty to twenty five. 
Um, but it's a mystery. It's a, it's kind of a mystery. It's, it's a little bit of fantasy blended in there, uh, with the demonic, but not overtly. So, um, there are some really funny moments in it and it has great voice and tone. And, and so I'm really excited about this novel. I'm excited to see what she can do with it. So anyways, I don't know if I did, I don't know if I did a great job explaining it, but that's a little bit of the premise of 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 it and it's it's interesting in that the reincarnation being reincarnated with full memories and, and what that means um and her and then what that means every time she lives a new life the tediousness of it uh the struggle with not caring and you know just it's some really uh, i feel some really authentic things that happen so yeah nice I find it interesting so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll let you guys know. And uh, those of you listening, if you have um, if you have any uh, questions or you're interested in it, just let me know. So, but it is, it is, it was a, it's, it's, I'm interested. I was interested and in the ending I felt was unexpected to some degree. And uh, yeah, I liked it. Very good. So that's my sci-fi world, right? Um, not I'm I'm behind in Quantum Leap, Miles. I know that you said you're you're caught up. I'm assuming. I am. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I'm behind in that. Yeah. So that's it. I began watching John Wick One again. Um, <laughs> because who doesn't love a good revenge story where, uh, <laughs> yeah, you kill kill everyone because they killed your dog. But. I. I, I finally got a chance to watch the John Wick movies uh, over the last six months, and I'm caught up. And I, I can see why people enjoy them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, why don't we move into? I guess we're talking about this little show called Picard. We are, but before, um, just a quick news update. I don't know if the both of you heard, but uh, we heard that. Um, Star Trek Discovery, it'll have its season five, and that's it. Um, yes, I did hear about that. They're wrapping up, so season, so, um, so yeah, uh, that that that'll come to a close. Uh, I, I know both of you are extremely disheartened by this news. That made my week. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, I it, I have to confess, Scott. Um, uh, I, I didn't shed too many tears. Um, I have a, a complicated relationship with Discovery. Um, I, yeah. Michael Burnham shed enough tears for all of us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, though, you guys have dogged in this show. And so because you guys have dogged on it, it took me forever to go back and watch it, to actually watch season four. And then I watched it and I ended up enjoying it. Um. But I think that I enjoy it because I did not grow up with the episodic trek like you did. Like Strange New Worlds was much more your trek than Discovery ever was. That would be fair. So. It, it, it just it just amazes me how you have three three live action trek shows going on at the same time. Basically, two of them are out of this world good. And one of them 
you'd think it was put on by a whole different company. Like, I get it. It's enjoyable. I'll watch it above 80% of anything else on TV because it's Trek. And I'm going to watch season five because it is. And, you know, that's me. But there's such a disparity between the shows and it's just mind boggling to me. That's my biggest thing. I read something earlier. It it was just when it when it came out, it was just so unlike Trek. It was just the dark, the very dark tone, the lack of optimism, and part of that I blame is. And Larry Nemechek said this. We had him on a while back. Uh, they had a very rough beginning. I mean, they went through like two or three. Um, showrunners and so the direction of the show you know changed a couple times and, and then they had already built the sets and there was like ah, I'm not sure we like these sets but uh, they already built them and then they weren't going to go back um, so it just it had a very rough beginning and, and then never I don't think it ever really found its way um, yeah. yeah I mean there were some there were there were some very enjoyable episodes but if I had to say so far, I would probably say season two is probably my favorite because it had, you know, this is where we, we bring um, Captain Pike in the series, and that helped to launch uh, a Captain Pike show. Yeah. You know, well, I'm grateful for it because we got live a- action Star Trek back on the small screen. To be fair, and, it did do that. Yeah. yeah. So I cannot ignore that contribution. And. You know, we're, we're probably going to keep on getting some, you know, new live Trek, you know, down the pike for a while. So, so for that, I'm grateful for it. I don't, well, I don't enjoy it as much as other Trek. I, I, I try not to dog on it because, too much because knowing that it had some rough beginnings and um, that it did, uh, you know, pave the way for m- more, more Trek um, in the future. And, the ratings were good. I mean, you know, the rate for it to run five seasons, the ratings had you know had to have decent ratings. So, make sure that people wanted live action Trek on the small screen. And so we got the card. Uh, we got uh, Strange New Worlds. We got two animated shows, and you know, there's a good, there's a good chance we'll, we'll we'll get some more live action Trek. I'm hoping that Picard, uh, maybe something will spin off of Picard. Um, just, just everything they've invested in, I think there's still, you know, um, well, well, we'll, we'll talk about that more, but just, yeah, I just thought we should just talk a little bit about that, you know, discover, we're going to be saying good, goodbye to discover it's uh, it's season. No, no, no. I think it's, it is worth, it is worth saying that we're going to <laughs> say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess we should uh, should we talk uh, Pic- should we talk uh, Picard now? Yes, we yes. So, uh, so let's uh, let's talk here a little bit. What? Um, uh, so, what did you guys think? What did you guys think about this? Uh, what did you guys think about this episode? Uh, we have three episodes now. Of course, by the time this airs, we'll probably be up to like four, uh, but. Uh, do you guys want to talk about all three? Do you want to talk about the the pilot and then kind of walk through the series that we've had so far? Is that kind of what we want to do? 
Yeah, we should talk. You know, we should definitely. I think we could. We could, we could probably. We could probably manage to talk about all three episodes. We just, you know, we'll, won't go into. You know, we'll make this a whole, a whole show about Picard. But uh, the the pilot I thought was a very strong pilot. Um, I like what they're doing with Doctor Crusher. She's a badass. She kind of had you know gave gave off these uh, Sarah Connor vibes. Um, I think there's a lot of parallels between you know what's going on with her and her son and um, you know Sarah Connor and John Connor in the Terminator series in some ways. But um, I, I thought we, we you know we, we've seen a side of Doctor Crusher we haven't seen as much, and I, I like that they they kind of. Um, she, she was more of a background character at times during, during the when when TNG was on the air and in the movies. But here she had a very strong focus. The, the focus was definitely strong on her and her and her story. And I, and I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, uh, Terry Metalis, the the showrunner for Picard. I, I cannot say enough good things about him. Um, I hold him in the kind of same high regard. Um, as uh, Favreau and Filoni, I think you know what what they did with Star Wars. He's doing with Star Trek, and I'm th- hoping that they give him more Star Trek projects. So that's that. That's my two cents on the pilot. Hmm. Well, well, I, mean, I also think that Riker was the MVP of that episode. He had me laughing a lot, and uh, he, you know, just I kind of relate, you know. Knees hurting and uh, um, having to get up so many times to go pee. You know, just yes, Riker, I totally get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh-huh. so you identified with it. Got it. Um, what about you, Dave? Tell me a little bit about your impressions of episode one. It was beautiful to see the band coming back together. But the, the first thing that really started started hitting me from the very beginning of this episode and throughout the first three altogether were all of the, you call them lower deck style, um, little Easter eggs, little fan nods to a a lot of Trek that's come before in there, just from the, the score, the appearance, like the opening of that first episode in the 24th century popping up and the opening feeling so Wrath of Khanish was just you know chill inducing awesome and it really starts to the feel of it is very Wrath of Khanish I mean especially the way these first three episodes end up panning out hiding in the nebula playing the old cat and mouse game it, it, it's been really good um, and what's the music, Dave? The, the music, the music was great. That you could pull out if it wasn't like a, a straight um, little Easter egg drop in, like in episode three when Worf's doing his little exercises on the on on the La Serena, and the music that's playing is the same is the same uh, classical composition that Picard was listening to in his ready room in the beginning of first contact when he's rattling all the windows and everything in there was, was neat. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, it gets you into it and, and they ditched the, the Picard theme of the last two seasons and, and went more, far more TNG feel. Went very old school. Yes. And, and it automatically, your mind sets into it from the very beginning. And it's, 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 it's just amazing. Um, the, there's, there hasn't really been much about any of these episodes I have not liked or even really criticized. Um, the third episode has been very neat listening to Riker and Picard once Picard takes is giving command of the Titan again. And while Picard's no, you, retired... You mean, you, you, mean, you mean Riker being in charge of the... Yeah, yeah. Riker in charge of the Titan. What did I say? Pike, you said Picard. Oh, okay. Well, but then again, it just goes to back to give to, to the point I make in there where the retired admiral is still talking to him like he's his first officer. And you see Riker getting a little pissed about it until he ends up kicking him off the bridge at the end of the episode. <laughs> we're gonna it, talk we're gonna talk about that later. I had some major yeah. I had some major problems with that. Did you? Yeah, so we'll talk about that a little bit when we get to that when we get to the third ah. episode. Okay, but but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the whole character interaction has been has been amazing so far. I I cannot wait to bring till they bring in the rest of the crew, and and really to see where this goes. But the the difference again, and back to kind of comparing it to Discovery. There's a sense of peril and danger in each of these episodes that discovery has tried to make, but at least with me has failed. It's, it's interesting to me and to see how they come out here in episode four with the way the third episode ends is going to be very, very interesting. I'm hoping that it doesn't this whole season doesn't pan out at the end with some silly giant space monster that we end up talking to and whatever with. But it's it's just got a whole different feel. It's gonna be v- it's, it's gonna it's be Vigor, you watch. You know what? I, I wouldn't even be pissed about that. Because <laughs> that'd be a nice callback. Well, and because Star Trek Online has brought V'ger back into oh. the game, into that storyline, and they did it really well. It was it, it was very interestingly done. But even to that, how this 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 season of Picard is pulling a lot from the worlds created in in Star Trek Online. Some of the ships out of here were created originally in that video game. There's been a lot of things that I've noticed have been very, if not pulled directly from, at least very similar to. And I'd have to go back and watch them all for like a 20th time here now to to really pull them all out. But a lot of the ship design and stuff I've noticed is very, very on par, especially the Enterprise. Yeah. What do you think? What was that? 
I was asking, what do you think? What do you thought think of the Titan? Oh my God! <laughs> what, the 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 what uh, Neo Constitution class? The minute they started panning on that thing in the first episode, it, it, again, just the chills. Like they they took that classic design and spoofed it up to modern Trek time. Yeah. And it just felt so good seeing that the only thing that was missing from it was NCC 1701, (laughs) but it was, it was good. And uh, yeah, watching, I'm watching the firefight right now with Dr. Crusher at the beginning of the first episode. And yeah, very Sarah Connorish. I love it. Yeah. So my thoughts in the first episode was it was it was it was a holy frack train ride. You know, it just was. Uh-huh. You, you you see the appearance of Crusher pop up and um uh Dave, I know that you and I talked about off the off the air here, but how in the opening scroll when you're panning through the room and you're seeing all these artifacts, these are this that was a that was a Star Trek uh geek's wet dream right there because literally like every single thing in that opening shot as you're panning through like the different um you know jack crusher's box and you know it, it, all of that like they all throw back mm-hmm. um so beautifully done kudos to the showrunners on that just the opening shot itself not to mention we get oh uh, we get a totally badass um crusher here and um yeah, I like her better than her son. You know, she's just she's just fantastic. <laughs> um and uh and then the, then even when we're we're, we're we're thrown back then in the episode, we go back to the Picard vineyards. Um and she's you know, we we're getting callbacks to the last episode where Picard's discovering love, right? Um and is now in love with this Romulan girl. Um and the touchingness of that as a part of it, and then to complicate things in the middle, gets a call from Crusher on a defunct, uh, you know, communicator, um, and with a code that harkens back to when Picard was Lacutus on the board, right? And so, just phenomenal time. And then um, I'm still waiting in that opening episode. They're sitting in the bar, um, so Riker and him just kind of reminiscing a little bit um, and then kind of trying to figure this out. And, you know, Riker has a plan sort of, um, I have a question to ask you before we like walk through the episode further. And, and that is the guy in the bar. We still haven't had any payoff as to who that guy is. Right. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't think we have. But it's clear that they intentionally focused in on him and that he's going to be playing in somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I so, if, go ahead. I wonder if he's a changeling. That was what I was going to say. That's, that's quite possible. And maybe the same changeling that is now on the board. Huh? Because... So far, the, the way this has kind of gone to me seems like this is, again, all of this is an attempt 
to draw Picard out. But, and even Beverly hinted at that right. in their little reminiscing conversation. Right. But it would be interesting to see if that, if that guy there is keeping tabs on him on Earth. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. We, I'm waiting and, to see what he what he pops up. I think I think Miles. I think you're right. And what's the connection to the villain, right? Because there has to be a connection to this villain. That well, we, that, we, that we've encountered. Weren't I mean? So we have two potential villains. We have the Captain Vadic played really by Amanda, Parker, but I'm not sure she's the main villain. And then we find out the cha- that there's this uh, separatist changeling group that wants to restart the Dominion War. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to know, uh, but I will tell you that 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 lady that plays the captain of the enemy ship is absolutely fantastic. Oh, one of the best, Plummer's one of the best daughter. acting performances on this show, hands down. That's oh, Amanda Plummer. She, she's she's good at whatever she does. I mean, her the best. I mean, she plays crazy, you know, really well. Um, if, you, if you're familiar with her work at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just fantastic to watch her go to go to town in this episode. Um. Uh. We 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 can't we can't we we we'd be remiss if we don't approach the captain in the room, the captain of the Titan. That's absolutely fantastic in the first episode. You know. No. He goes, yep. No. Yeah, he goes, oh, yeah, I started eating because your presence had arrived early. You know, just the lines coming out this guy. He's such an a-hole that you love him because he's uh-huh. so, he's so, like, by the book and unimpressed with the theatrics as if you were really in the military, you would be because you you expect everything to be done by the order and you're not looking for the heroics of the next-gen crew, right? Um, he knows when he's being bullshit too. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, so great. <laughs> no, no. Shaw, Shaw is brilliant. I mean, um, you know, he, he, what he lacks in people's skills, he makes up for in um, knowing bullshit when he when he when when he's near it, and um, you know, he's concerned about his crew. I mean the. Um, yeah, I mean, when when the rubber meets the road, like he 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 he's there when he needs to be. But but mm-hmm. holy Hannah, what a fantastic impression he gives in that first episode. <laughs> and you're like, you know, and then like 709, you know, kind of usurping it and going behind his back and you know, holding her accountable. It's just it's just absolutely it was just fantastically done. Fantastically done. Yeah, the actor plays him, Todd Stashwick. Uh, last thing I saw him in was uh, the, the Twelve Monkeys TV show, and he was really good in that. Um, he does a very good rendition of uh, Simple Minds' song "Don't You Forget About Me." If you could find it, but uh, oh, I will. No, I'm enjoying. That, that'll probably be at the end of the episode, just so you know. <laughs> uh, well, well, good, good, good. Uh, yes, I, I am definitely a member of the Captain Shaw fan club. Yes, and mm-hmm. all the memes that came out of that was just fantastic. Oh, constantly. <laughs> like, I'm seeing new ones, like two or three new ones a day. 
getting yeah. thrown. This is beautiful. It was. It was absolutely, absolutely incredible. And, and most of them just have him starting out with just the one word. Like, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the other thing that I that we really enjoyed and we we mentioned it, you know, the music, but even the opening the opening scrawl is so next gen, right? Mm. Um the opening title sequence and the the music and the fact that they title this Picard the Next Generation and it's not only the next generation, i.e., we're getting the crew back together, sort of, but we're also it's Picard, the next generation, in that that's the sun in the room, right? The the big uh, question in the room, right? Well, I mean, just the, the and the crew of the ship of uh, the the Titan. I mean, you know, a lot of them weren't even born when uh, you know the the Enterprise D launched off. So it's you know, the next generation is a perfect title for the for this first episode yeah no i totally couldn't agree more couldn't agree more so episode one ends kind of on a cliffhanger right we are we're we're launched into the uh i guess next generation part two um how did you feel this kind of carried on the legacy oh i guess the other thing that we are failing to talk about is uh rafi of course is in the mix there and it's kind of a side storyline that you're like, well, I really wanted to see Picard, Riker, and what was going on in that ship. Um, but the ending of the episode, when they when they when they blow that entire uh, Star Starfleet Academy goes down and then is dropped back into the town, mm-hmm. what a fantastic way to end it, you know? That's visual, fantastic yes. visual, right? And and with this secret handler that we're now introduced to in an episode two we don't know who it is at the beginning uh but rafi's obviously clearly frustrated by it and and we see the frangi back in this universe which is great and 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 what a great thing that they didn't decide to do to the ferengi what they did to the klingons in discovery and jack up their entire look. They kept that pretty darn tight to right. what they looked like in in the nineties television. He was, which was great. He, you know, I don't want to say almost human looking in, in some ways. They, they kind of softened it up. If anything, they yeah, a little bit, right? But still, got the the big ass on his on his head and the big lobes, <laughs> and you're good. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it, it, I thought that that was a, that fantastic. And since we're talking the Rafi storyline, of course, the, the biggest and most fantastic reveal is who her benefactor is. Hang on one second. Um, the, uh, is, is who her benefactor is, of course, which of course is Worf, right? Her, her contact in Starfleet. What an entrance that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. God. Absolutely. And, and, the, and of course, uh, we'll talk about the third episode, but Worf himself has sprung all these memes out. You know, he lists the, the laundry list of his names and who he is, and, and that has appeared in, like, Starbucks mugs and everything else, you know, <laughs> that are absolutely great. But Well, the funniest one I've seen is where – he he says he you know you know you know son of Moog, uh, son of the Rajenkos, and, and he lists all this stuff. And then um, it has Rafi asking uh, father of Alexander, and, and then Warfare's like who? 
So it's just like, you know, right. We won't talk about his parenting skills. No. <laughs> no. But those have been always been some of the better ones <laughs> oh, between yeah. Wolf and Alexander memes. Oh my god. Yeah. So, uh, so, but anyways, the Rafi storyline continues, still kind of separate, sort of, as far as we know what's going on. Although I imagine that story, of course, links up to what's happening with Picard um, and what's happening, yeah, in general. Yeah, they will come together. I'm sure, I'm sure. But it's great to see. So they don't show you what happens in the second episode, but in the third episode, you see what happens when he goes into the Ferengi and he's full all out Klingon in that. No, he's not, he's only, he's, it's casual dress. He's not assassin mode. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's not acting casual at all. No, he's not. No, definitely uh, not well, casual. Since we're kind of now into the third episode, we didn't. We need to finish the second episode, so let's not get too far ahead. But go ahead. Oh well. All right. Let, we'll, we'll wait till we get to the third episode. But um, since we're still in the second episode, I gotta say I love the the buddy cop vibe of Picard and Riker. Uh, the two oh. of them together, love it. Uh, uh, both of them are making me laugh um, when. Um, Right, Picard tells Riker to shut it after you know. Uh, Riker has a snide remark about covering something well. Um, just the, it, it just it, I don't know. It just fills me with joy seeing those two together. You know, working on work, you know on a mission, and um, you know, and then and, and as Dave said, the band is coming back together. We haven't seen them They're not totally together yet, but they will be soon, and just. This is the Picard that I wanted in season one. Um, the, mm. I wanted to see the band come together, and uh, they, they're 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 together this this season, and I'm I'm enjoying every minute of it. Uh, like Dave said, I I can't find too much to criticize with. I mean, there's probably there it, it's not without its flaws in some places, but I can't I can't dog it too much. You know, it's 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 fantastic. Like, and again. The, that that whole buddy copness that you mentioned, this is what you would expect after working on a on a on a starship for seven seasons, right, or six seasons or whatever. You know, there's a camaraderie there. There's a sense of understanding. There's a sense of now that they're no longer necessarily in those roles of of a little bit more looseness, and uh, and so it feels very natural and. And it's banter that uh, really, really works. And uh, I do the second. The second episode really shows it. And when they go into the into the nebula, you mentioned this in the first episode. And Dave, I totally agree to you. This is like Rathacon vibe. I'm like, mm-hmm. just hide in the nebula. They won't find you. <laughs> you know. You know. And I, I keep. I keep. I was. I was waiting for like. Picard's ship to rise up from behind, you know, and, you know, to do the whole, the con thing, which a hint at, um, but I think they have to be careful that they don't push that parallel too far. Right. Because yeah, they, they, they want it to feel somewhat original, but. Yeah. You don't want to force awakens it, you know, it's, it's a, and keep it somewhat original. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I like the episode. I you know there wasn't much that I didn't like. Again, the villain is incredible, and uh, we get a little bit more of a confirmation that this is indeed Picard's son because. There was a little bit, it was hinted at, but wasn't really explicitly brought out in episode one. But episode two, we get further confirmation of that. Uh-huh. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything else about episode two we should be talking about? The changeling isn't in episode two. That doesn't happen to episode three, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bounce over to episode three then. Uh I know there's been some talk about episode three, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you felt about this episode, what you liked, what you didn't like. I liked Worf um, time. I thought this is classic Worf where he is not trying to be funny, but he ends up being funny anyways. Uh, You know, he's still being a badass, but at the same time, he's, he's being funny. Um, he's making chamomile tea, whether you want to sweetened or unsweetened. Um, <laughs> right. He's working on himself. Uh, he's, um, you know, decapitation is only on Wednesdays. So don't forget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for a shirt to be, we need to get a shirt made with that. I'm sure there's one out there already. Maybe not. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so all, all- there's not. <laughs> I have the ability <laughs> oh, really? to make it back here. <laughs> All right. Huh. I, I want one made. Yeah, uh-huh. Extra, extra large. I'm with Worf saying, you know, decapitations on Wednesdays. Um, I've got the design in my head right now. Yep. Uh, the um, Shaw gets his ass kicked. Wait, was it, did he get his ass kicked? In, no, it was, it was this episode he got his ass kicked. Oh, and yeah. Then, Turns command over to Riker, and well, he's not. He's he's injured in a battle, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, well, I mean, uh, he's he's very concussed, and I think he could. Uh, they hint that like he broke his leg. You can see bone through his leg or whatever. It was pretty graphic. I mean, um, mm-hmm. but Riker and Picard are disagreeing how to best deal with this. Um. Oh, um, Scott. Uh, I don't know if you recognize the changeling that uh, Rafi and Worf were interrogating, but you and I met him. Yeah, who was he? Thomas Decker. Thomas Decker from uh, talk about talk about another uh, Sarah Connor Chronicle alumni. Yeah, I did not recognize him. But. So yes, he 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 played that changeling playing a human and. Um, he, he has, you know, we, we interviewed, he, probably, it's probably been over 10 years that he was a guest at Farpoint. Or yeah, absolutely. Leave. But we, we got, we had a nice uh, interview with him when we, when we talked to him. Good. Yeah, he did. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. Yeah. So that's, well, that's very, that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, I, 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 you know, we haven't talked seven much, but I do like seven's arc in this one and kind of, you know, being a uh, a kind of a buddy partner to John Connor, um, our 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 mini Picard or whatever we're gonna call him. Um, Jack. Yeah, thank you, Jack. <laughs> that um, but I you know that that and like they're kind of on the hunt, and I do like that together. They're both kind of out 
in Shaw's book. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, her story, her arc, her character arc is really neat. How she is just trying to integrate herself, right? And how, how just the, the struggle she's having with it is is really neat. You know, it's 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 not like when I think about the episode as a whole, I think of I think of like Shaw, I think of Picard, I think of Riker, uh, I think of Worf. Um, but she, and so she kind of gets overshadowed by that. Um, but her her acting and the continued story and her presence is still uh, important. Like she was much more like forefront in my mind, like in season one and season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that she's any less. So she said something funny in the first in, in the pilot episode where after they have dinner with Shaw, she's like, "All right, you two, cut 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 the bullshit. What's going on?" And or else I'll throw the both of you out of airlock. And then Riker's like, "Is that how you talk to an admiral?" She goes, "No, that's how I talk to my friends." Yeah, that was a <laughs> fantastic line. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, she's the one that got the Titan to this part of space. You know, she, be, you know, you know, she's already on that, that. That's when she started getting on the captain's shit list. Uh, when, 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 when she disobeyed orders and took the, the ship into non-Federation space. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. So what was your problem here with? Uh, oh, yes. Riker and Picard. Yeah. So uh, here's my problem with episode three. I am a faithful uh, number one to my captain for seven years. And it's clear that their relationship in the 20 years that followed after has not diminished. You see that in episode one and two, and even in the prior seasons of Picard where, where Rikers made an appearance. Um. It's clear that there is an allegiance and a loyalty, and I would do anything for you, Picard. And in the matter of 20 minutes, when Picard makes a decision to fire fire at the whatever the ship's called. The, sh- the, the Shrike. The Shrike. To fire on the Shrike, and they open up the wormhole so that it hits the Titan um, in that moment. And uh, this is the, uh, when Riker is in command of the Titan, there's this immense breaking down so much so that, that Riker's going to kick him off the bridge. And mm-hmm. for me, it was totally unbelievable. Um, based on their past relationship and based on my knowledge of the characters so far, that that did not make sense in a Riker Picard relationship. Um, Not saying that a captain wouldn't have had the right to do that, but I find it very hard to believe that someone as venerated and revered as Picard was in Riker's eyes that that would be the reaction unless 
There is one there. I, I have one caveat in there, but any questions so far? I, I hear you. I get you. Yeah. So this is, so I had a huge problem with that in the episode. I have one possibility that I'm willing to concede and say, all right. And that is if Riker is not Riker and if Riker is indeed the changeling. Because if he's a changeling, that means he can change. He doesn't have to be the guy that attacks Jack. He can be the guy that he can he can change into Riker. And that would explain this the the, the quick the quick switch that we see in Riker and the lack of allegiance he would have toward Picard and the vac and the fact that um he does the relationship doesn't mean as much as it would if it were really Riker. And that's my only that's my only po- that's my only explanation. Otherwise I'm very dissatisfied with the way that ended. Uh, unfortunately I'm gonna I'm going to disagree with that possible explanation. You, 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 oh, you mean with being a changeling? Then yes. it's just then it's just poor writing, as far as my opinion well, goes. It's it's, but, but, it's a terrible and, and place disagree. for the episode. And if you yeah. disagree with me, you're wrong. So go ahead. I, I'll, I'll disagree. <laughs> but I'll, I'll do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Trek fan. Let me explain to you how this is going. Now, yes. Um, now, Riker was on the bridge with Picard and everybody when the changeling, who we know is on the ship, planted the bomb. So unless unless this is another changeling. Correct, which I would also be open to. I might be open to. But the only problem I have with that theory is that, that when you go back to the whole no changeling has ever harmed another, except for Odo. He was the only one who ever did that. Would a changeling put a bomb on a ship to destroy it? To sacrifice himself for the mission, maybe. But would he take another one with him? It that that's that's out of the what we know of the changeling character. But that, uh, the, to ship, my knowledge. The, 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 the ship's not destroyed. Well, it's 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 disabled and it's sinking towards the gravity well in that nebula. But we don't which, know we accounts, don't know that we don't know that it's going to be hinging on destruction in and of itself. Well, so. But the way they've talked about on here then it, it would be. They've already hinted about this danger, they've already discussed it. But they don't really know cuz they don't know what's in the nebula. They don't know the being that's there. That's all pure speculation. Right. But from what they know. Right. This is certain death. Now, as viewers, we, we know a little differently because we're only on episode three and they're not going to die. Right. But. Right. So that's where I think that. Okay. Now, so I'm okay that, with that theory. Then I have, yeah. then I, then I have a very, then I have a very much a problem with the Picard and uh, Riker. Um, yeah. Jaunt that happens there on the bridge when he kicks, when he kicks Picard out. I, 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 doesn't, I don't doesn't make sense. I, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. For the reason that if you listened to those two, okay, throughout the first three episodes and especially in the third one, Riker joins Picard. Picard comes to Riker looking for help. He he takes his time away from his family and everything. He's kind of done with this kind of stuff. And yeah, I'll go with you. I got a way to do it. This is how we're going to go. Disaster strikes. 
turmoil happens. Death is on the doorstep. And Riker gets put in command. Correct. Not Picard. Riker. The current active Starfleet captain. He's being challenged and undermined on multiple times by the retired old admiral. Understand it's his friend. They've got a long history. Picard would have never tolerated that from anybody when he was in command of the Enterprise. If I'm correct, though, it was Riker that invited Picard to call that shot that ended up hitting the Titan. Correct. He wasn't acting on his own. He, he finally so, gave in to him because there but, wasn't but, much so, of a choice. So that's not Picard's fault. That is Riker's lack of command. And it still pisses me off that you're going to penalize a guy that you you relented to that you made the decision and you aren't don't have the balls enough to suck it up as a captain and say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Well, so that is still my problem with him treating Picard and blaming him for something that he consented to. It's not I, real I have, captain yeah. behavior. It's, it's really not. But Picard has been, you know, he, he's been kind of been, um, pushing Riker's buttons, you know, just saying, you need to attack, you need to attack, you need to attack. And Picard, I think, was right up until the point that the, the Shrike, you know, got that weapon out. Um, I mean, there's a line in there where Picard says, now is not the time to show weakness. It's like, that's not how you talk to the commanding officer in front of the bridge crew. You know, so, um, you know, that's... So well, yeah, so I hear that, but they're both kind of dialoguing as far as, you know, what do we do in this situation? Right. So and maybe Riker's problem is is more, isn't so much with Picard, but it's also more with himself. Because you're right. He, he did he, he did give in to him and, and listen to him and take his advice. Uh, he, he, but Riker also knows better because he's been a captain now for, for just as long as he was a first, well, almost as long as he's been a first officer under him. Right. So when he gave up his authority because he trusted his friend, because his friend has gotten him out of how much danger, how many times over a 20 year period. And instead of standing on his own two feet, like he knows he can, he allowed himself to step down a notch because again, he's in the, the shadow of his former captain, his friend, his mentor. And he knows better. He knew better, but he allowed it to happen anyway. So is he mad at Picard? Maybe. Is he more mad at himself? Most likely. Yeah, maybe. And I think maybe, um, I don't doubt that you would you would argue that what Picard did obviously was a mistake in hindsight, right? Um, I think you you hit on something else that I think is perhaps a bit bothersome. Uh, captains making decisions on the fly in front of the crew, many times decisions like this would be pulled off to the side in a ready room. Right. Right. And, and here the argument about what we do now, granted they're having to make split second decisions here, but 
But typically, these sort of decisions are not made in front of the entire crew. And so maybe that's another issue that's happening here, that this is a conversation, the disagreements are the possibilities of what it uh, what needed to be done should have been discussed in a more private manner. Maybe. Perhaps. But certainly doing this in front of the crew. I mean, the, 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 the reality is that up until Shaw hands the captain reins over to Riker, they're on an equal playing field. If anything, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, oh, I guess, I guess, I guess Riker's still a captain, but he's a captain without a ship, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess probably he ranks higher than Picard because he's active. Mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes, in episodes one and two, they are on the equal playing field, making decisions together. You know, at one point, following Riker's lead as how to how to get the Titan to do what they want, uh, and the other following Picard's lead on how to do certain things. So they're they're going back and forth. So this sort of giving back and forth is set up in the first two episodes doesn't just evaporate because in the heat of battle we throw someone into the realm of okay, and you aren't just a captain; you're now captain of the Titan. So, yeah. oh, it would be an interesting twist if he did turn out to be a changeling. Yeah, no, lie. but I, I'm reevaluating be, that be because I, uh, unless, and like you said, unless there are two changelings on board, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So let me let me say something. It's interesting how the episode started. It started out as a flashback scene: Picard and and, and Riker at a bar celebrating the birth of uh, Riker's first child, his son. Right, and then. At the end of the episode, you have Riker and Picard um, having a blow up and um, uh, Riker telling Picard to get the hell out of here. So it was just, it, it was an interesting juxtaposition where, you know, it's the, the, the first scene where you see them together in the bar, it's very heartwarming. You, you see these guys have been friends for, for years and, uh, and then, then the, heartbreaking when you see Riker tell Picard uh, you know no no it's it's not heartbreaking it's unbelievable is what it is and this is my problem I'm not I'm not I'm not buy I'm not buying it I'm not buying this quick shift um, and okay argue it's a heat of battle you know they are damaged now beyond their beyond the repair you know, and there's a you know a thousand one things bad that was wrong, but this is nothing that next gen never found themselves in before, and I just think it's you know at the time you want to be relying on experience in the heat of something like that, you, you don't divide. But anyways, I said my piece. This is my this is my problem. It wasn't that I didn't like episode three. I just had a huge problem with the ending of it. Let's, let's wait a little bit and then come back to this with a little bit more future context because it wouldn't shock me either to find out that this was that was some sort of a ruse, game, a ruse, a yeah. ploy, something to get the crew inspired and not feel defeated. That we'll so 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 that angle 
that angle, I would buy it. And and if that's the case, I totally, I'm totally okay with that because then that makes sense. But I don't buy that this is just Picard and Riker having a falling out. That's that's what I can't buy. Not that they don't disagree at times, but that I don't know. It's just if that's where they're going with it, I have a hard time swallowing it. I Riker get frustrated with Picard before. Um, there's a scene in All Good Things where, oh yeah, in the future, this is the alternate future where I mean, you know, Picard is trying to talk Riker into taking the Enterprise back to this um, anomaly, and, and and Riker looks like he's a he's like somebody get him off my ship, off my bridge now. So um, I mean. He's, you know, he still lo- he loves the guy as his commanding officer, but I've seen Riker get frustrated with Picard before. And it's got to be hard to deal with someone who has, and I'll quote, that much sheer effing hubris <laughs> <laughs> to throw back to season one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's got to be difficult too. I mean, you're looking at Picard. He's an old man now. He's got enough stress finding out he just had a son, much less now that they're can't they're in a, they're in a situation they can't exactly get their way out of. They're overpowered, outgunned, and, and in trouble. And he's struggling to feel useful and still needed and in charge because he's he's not the same guy anymore. So I, I can I can see how he could be a little more curmudgeonly and a little more pushful and easy to push someone's buttons to, to where they would do that. But I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, let's give it some context. Give it a few more episodes and see how this plays out because you know darn well they're not going to cause a big family breakup. No, of this, I'm for, sure. But you but, know that's not going to happen. No, and I and I get that. I'm just, but at the yeah. ep, but it did, it did kind of, it did, as you could tell, it kind of pissed me off at the end of episode three. Yeah, yeah. So God it's forbid, good. I have opinion that descends. I, I am, no, I am glad it made you feel something. No. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, absolutely, it made me. So let's talk about another. Uh, do we have anything else to say? Talk about these three episodes. All I can say is it's. I, I feel like I've fallen in love with Star Trek again after seeing this. I, I do, I do, I do. I I am liking Picard in general. You know, all all things. You know, me bitching about episode three. I I, I do like it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, this is the Picard that I wanted in season one. I wanted to see the band come back together, and I, I have a lot of faith in in, in the. Uh, um, the story, the the head, you know Terry Metalis, uh, um, the the main the main story. I forget what the, what his official title would be, but uh, you know, showrunner. I mean, they got to give him another Star Trek show, and yeah. I hope they do it with some of these characters. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I up for a, a Shaw series, but the, uh, I, I would be up for Worf series as him, you know, Secret Agent Worf. Uh, somehow, you know, he knows how to write. He ha- he loves Star Trek. He knows how to write for it. Uh, you know, 
he brought back um, Drexler and Akuda and, and some others who had worked on on Star Trek before because he wanted to give it that next gen look, but just up to date and modernized. So, um, so open. I would love to talk to Drexler again about this. Oh, I know, I know. Well, can so, we move? Can we move? Can we talk a little bit about Mandalorian? Yes, please. Uh, I know we're shifting streams here. Excuse me if you've been jo- enjoying our rant about Star Trek, but let's talk a little bit about Mandalorian. Let's uh, uh, let's let's get some let's get some uh, thoughts on the first episode that dropped last week. And Dave, why don't you start us out? Good, good start. Good start. Um, I, I loved watching all the, the Mandos zipping around in their jetpacks and their little guns trying to blast up Crocosaurus Rex on, on the beach there. Megasaurus. we got to review that Mega, movie. Yeah, Mega Crocosaurus, whatever movie that is we're supposed to watch. <laughs> and then just watching Mando come in with his fighter and just blow the thing apart. That was That was just cool. So it was a great thing to watch, but I have to say, the Mandalorians are stupid. They have a baptism in this water with giant alligator-infested waters that blasters cannot take out. They, they, they put explosives on it. They have a Gatling gun <laughs> on it. It takes blasters from a fighter to, to take this thing out. I mean, how many Mandalorians did this giant alligator eat? Um, and then, and then at the end of it, he, nobody even thanks them for saving their asses at the end. But yeah. it, was, it was still fun to watch, though. I'm not going to say it's not. It wasn't. It was just, you know, it just doesn't make a whole lot, lot of logical sense. Well, these are the same people who couldn't keep their planet together because they kept fighting with themselves. They were too stupid to do any of that. So it doesn't shock me that much. But eh, you know. It's probably some traditional place, at least for the last twenty years. Yeah, so let's let's see how many how many of us uh, get eaten after the series. Yeah, yeah. If you survive, you make it. You pass. <laughs> you pass. Yeah. You earn your helmet. Yeah. Make sure you don't keep your helmet on. Yes. God forbid if your helmet falls off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we and then we have a Bo-Katan, right? Just. It's good to see her again, just hanging helmet, out with her helmet off. Hel- helmet off and fancy free. Uh-huh. It'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to see where it goes because and maybe it was you I was talking to about this, Scott. Yeah. They didn't seem to know what the status of Mandalore, the planet, was. It sounded like there was a whole bunch of people talking like mythical stuff like oh it's no one knows we don't can't get there it's destroyed yada 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 like you're talking about a legend that happened hundreds of years ago so it's like well none of you have ships to go take a look apparently fly in check it out apparently not so it'll be interesting to see what uh our good friend din finds when he travels there to find the uh get into the mines and go to the lake to cleanse his soul from removing his helmet. But, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, when I think about the beginning of the man of Mandalorian, you know, and I think about the past two seasons and then I think about season three and then I think about the way Picard started. I was um, underwhelmed by the season opener of the Mandalorian. And it wasn't that it didn't have good parts. Certainly, you know, you know, opening up with B movie footage of them fighting a crocosaurus, absolutely, you know. And let's do it with, you know, Clone Wars era tech, right? You know, let's right. bring the, the ship that, you know, Anakin Skywalker flew when he was a kid or that style of ship, you know. So like, you know, this is pod racing kids, you know, this is, you know, all, all that, right? Uh, uh, that aside, so that's fascinating. We already know that he's been rejected from the order. I didn't quite get why he needed to come back and announce it, except to say, I'm going to find and redeem myself and let him know that, right? But I thought that it had been established in... Um, so it might have been established in the series Boba Fett, and this is where maybe there were, they, had, they had to maybe reestablish that for people that didn't watch Boba Fett. I don't know. That's my guess what was maybe happening. And then we have him flying back to the old village where the IG-88 that they're trying to revive, which, by the way, reviving him is absolutely fantastic, right? Because he's, he was probably one of the highlights of season one. Uh -huh. So, like, bring him back as the robot buddy cop, this guy that doesn't trust robots, but this is a robot he would pin his life on. So, uh, yeah, like, I'm all for it. Terminate. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, talk about um, it's homage to Terminator. I mean, you know, it was basically the exact same scene of the Terminator crawling on one arm to try to get Sarah Connor. And right, <laughs> right, right, right. We have all sorts of parallels here. Everything comes back to the Terminator. Um, so, like, like, I like that. I thought that was very good. Um, I thought it was funny about how the guys, like, buddies are trying to, you know, this bar has been turned into a school and we're going to go into the school and drink because that's what we want to do. Um, and then I mean, take him out. Like, so I like that all. And I like the Bo Katan, although, like, I felt like it was a bit, <sighs> again, um, it wasn't like I didn't like these were all neat things and I was happy to see these people, but I felt like the story just lacked punch for me. Like, especially when you look at what are the stakes that are that, that the Titans in at the end of episode one, like there are stakes, but there's no stakes here. Uh -huh. There, there is a man. There's, there's this Mandalorian going on this self-fulfilling journey of self-discovery and redemption. Like, I'm not saying that's not good and right and all that, but it doesn't have near the punch that Picard in the first episode had. And I felt like Di Disney kind of, um, in a little bit, in a little bit of ways, maybe let me down a little bit. And you know, I'm, I'm judging it off of one episode. Uh, to give me a break, I'm sure it's going to be fine, but. Um, it, when I when I look at the two, um, three seasons of Picard, and Picard manages to knock one totally out of the park in the first episode, and three seasons, two point five, three and a half seasons of Mandalorian, and Mandalorian was, yeah, neat, but not much for me. So here I am, I'm complaining about everything tonight. You might as well just shut me up, but. 
Well, that and, and all of the all of the live action Star Wars stuff that we've had so far has all been very slow rolling. It, it, it's always been one of my beefs with them is, you know, you're only doing ten episodes, but you're taking eight to get to what you're trying to do. You know, it, it's I, I get it. I get it. I don't disagree with you. I'm just trying to taper my expectations also, unfortunately, based on all that. Well, you know, we, but you're right. we, we, we came out of season two. How did we end season two? Luke freaking Skywalker coming yeah. in and mowing down these Imperial droids one after the other, right? Like yeah. that is, that was freaking awesome, right? And then we that and now we have this episode. Yeah. You know well, you also had you know Book of Boba Fett in between, which, you know, as you pointed out, was Mandalorian season two point five. Right. And the best part of it's for Mandalorian, but it was not but but I feel like if you're going just purely on the Mandalorian yeah. series alone. Yeah. And, and I know they worked that out in counseling. Yeah. Well, you know, and to to be fair, so did you guys hear rumors that there's a Boba Fett two season filming? Oh, good. But I didn't hear that. No, there is. There's rumor that a Star Trek project is in filming, and uh, rumors have it this is might be Boba Fett two, which hopefully they do something else like make him truly the badass we all hoped he would be. But yeah. I mean, just give me the Ahsoka show because I've been waiting on that for long enough. Dude, now. when's you know. Thrawn coming back? Bring exactly. Thrawn. So I, I think we're getting more get more hints of Thrawn in uh, Mandalorian, but it just hasn't happened yet. I'm, I'm hoping. We're supposed to get two two more seasons of Andor, but then that's then that no no uh, no. There's one more season. Season two will be the last. Oh really? Okay, I heard. I heard another podcast. I heard we would get three seasons. But no, so they just announced. I just saw that come down the pike this past week. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. But I, but I, I, I saw that. Uh, uh, yeah. So Diego Luna is 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 grateful. Andor will end after season two. So Variety is oh. reporting that. Digital Spies reporting that. Deadlines reporting it. So I'm pretty sure it's the case. Probably accurate. Yeah, so I will say so. It, this did, did have the, the the strongest opening, but there, there are two things I did really like about. Um, I, I thought uh, Grief Karga was ostentatious and ridiculous and brilliant in his. You know, he is the high magistrate, and he has these two droids carrying his uh, ape. That is absolutely hilarious. I agree. And he ha- and he has this this the statue bust of him. That the droid uses to kill the IG eighty eight droid. Um, it's like, and that's when the Mandalorian says, "Well, that's using your head." Um, it was a little slapsticky, but it was fun. right. And, and I, I, I keep going back and wa- rewatching when when Grogu hugs the one little alien, and the little alien says, "No, squeezy, bad baby." <laughs> yeah, that. So there, there, there are moments like not, not disagreeing with that at all. Not and, 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 and the, the, the shop of these little aliens, it's not, it, they don't accommodate regular sized people. Uh, Mando has to sit Indian style, crouch down in this, this shop. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I thought the scene, that, that scene was, that killed me. And 
Grogu just going, you know, he's like, oh, these things are cute. And he wants to, you know, <laughs> hug them and play with them. And, you know, and, and after they tell him, you know, Amanda says, no, they're not pets. And Grogu tries to grab it again. It was just, uh, I, 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 like I said, I go back and watch that one again. Right. So did you see, uh, Dave, this is maybe geared for, did you see that in episode, the, the premiere a Mandalorian teased Thrawn? Teased Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, so let me see if I can figure out where it's at. So. Um, so, Okay. So here it is. Mando and Grogu travel through hyperspace together on the way to visit Grief Karga on Navarro. During the journey, Grogu sees the shadows of mysterious creatures traveling alongside of them. These creatures are called the Pergo, massive space whales that can traverse hyperspace organically. The Pergo were first introduced in the animated show Star Wars Rebels. And while they were briefly mentioned in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Mandalorian season three premiere episode is the first time they've been seen in live actions. It is these creatures tease the return of Grand Alma Thrawn in the future of Star Wars. Yes, because I remember sitting there starting to go nuts, and my wife's trying to figure out. She's like, what the heck are you talking about? I was like, those things! You see those shadows? <laughs> yeah, so in, basically in Star Wars Rebels, a young Jedi, Ezra Bridger, makes connection with the Purgil through the Force and asks him to help defeat Thrawn and the Empire in his home world. Yeah, they and, come at the end of uh, the last episode of Rebels there. And they pretty much blow the destroy the Imperial fleet, but they they grab a hold of the Star Destroyer that Ezra and Thrawn are on as they're they were doing battle and pretty much wrapped Thrawn up in the tentacles and everything, and then they jump the hyperspace with the ship in tow and they all disappear. Yeah, so basically they do say the Pergo have set migration trails. So is this the route they took Thrawn on? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that that that's the uh Thrawn um connection. And we know somehow he's back. Because yep. they hinted at that the season two yeah. of Mandalorian. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But good stuff. Yep. Yep. I have no doubt you were losing your crap when you saw that. Oh <laughs> going nuts. But yeah, it's a it's a good time to be a uh Science fiction fan, right here, especially yeah, if you're a Trek and Wars fan. All right, is there <laughs> is there anything else that we need to talk about regarding Mandalorian or Picard? That I think we've done a good job of kind of tearing apart these two. No, I think we covered it. Yeah, and Miles, I think we're going to hold off that interview. We're kind of encroaching on an hour and twenty minutes here. That, that that's a good idea. So. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's it was a rant. It was a rant. Um, well, fantastic! It was great chatting with you guys tonight, and um, looking forward to watching some more Mandalorian tomorrow morning. This will uh, hopefully I'll have this out Wednesday, and then a little bit more of Picard on Thursday. Wednesday and Thursdays. I've never looked forward to Wednesdays and Thursdays so much in my life. So. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I believe that's about it. Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. And go boldly.